Hi, Joe. Thanks for joining us. Gemma, it's an absolute pleasure. Juicing literally saved your life, and I know that's been a big journey for you. Can you share with us your journey from the beginning and then and how you found juicing? I can give you the three-minute elevator pitch, Jim, because the journey of my life is quite a long story. We're short on time. So how about we pick it up when I was 40 years of age and I was 320 pounds, which I think in stone, that's sort of up near the 25 mark. So I was a big fella, big boy. But the weight wasn't the main problem, Gemma. It was all about the medications I was taking for a chronic illness, an illness that was the debilitating autoimmune disease called chronic urticaria angioedema. It's just a fancy way of talking about chronic hives. I was also on high blood pressure medication. I was pre-diabetic. I had high cholesterol. So I was a walking time bomb. And I was probably one foot in the grave and ready to go when I was only 40. So I had this, uh, as Oprah would say, an aha moment. And when that moment came, it was the day of my 40th birthday and I looked in the mirror and what I saw, I didn't recognize who I was staring at. So I had this moment where I was very easily able to travel in my time machine. You see, Gemma, I think all of us have a time machine. And I quickly went back to when I was 20, when I was 25, when I was 30. And I remember how fit, healthy, active, how I could look down and see my feet. I just couldn't believe how quick time had flown. And here I was, 40, and um, I started to then use that time machine to go forward, and I went to 50, I went to 60, I went to 70, and I was starting to wonder, will I even make it there? And the trajectory of my life, what will that be like? Now, I come from the financial markets background up until that point, so I knew my data, I knew my statistics, and I knew charts. And my, uh, my forecast wasn't looking good. So I decided that um, I needed to become the CEO of my own health. I effectively decided to stop outsourcing my health, which is what I was doing by just going to medical professionals and experts. And there's nothing wrong with them because they do a great job in our, in our, in our world. But you know what? 70% of all chronic disease is caused by lifestyle choices. And those lifestyle choices, the big six, are whether you smoke or you eat and drink, how much exercise and movement you get, what's your sleep like, how you manage stress, and what sort of community and connection to friends and your, your support network is like. And I was doing pretty well on the last one, but the previous five that I just mentioned, I was failing miserably. So being a business guy, being someone who has now kind of been CEO of Fix Joe, I, um, I decided not to do everything at once, Gemma. I decided to really just stop the smoking, which I was doing, and really focus on what was going in my mouth. So when I looked at that, I realized that my diet had shifted primarily when I was at home as a teenager when I was eating a fairly balanced meal with lots of plant foods, lots of whole grains and fruits and vegetables, nuts, beans, and seeds. I'd kind of moved away from Mother Nature and I was mainly on the animal product and the processed food world. And so I kind of like turned my back on Mother Nature. So I figured, hey, what would happen if I turned towards her full steam ahead? And basically I've done 20 years of the crime. What if I did two years of just eating plants? And here's an idea. What if I juice those plants for the first 60 days? So I decided to document this in a film called Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead, which has been seen by over 30 million people. 
In fact, in the UK, it was on Channel 5 and we had we had like 1.7 million people watching in one night, which was kind of cray-cray. And then what happened was after 60 days of juice and 90 days of eating plants, so that's five months in total, I was 100 pounds down and I was off all medication. And I really didn't need to go and do the balance of the remaining two years. I didn't need to do that, the next extra 19 months. I was able to slowly... I kept, I kept a very, very healthy diet with lots of plant food and still to this day takes about at least 50% of my caloric intake is coming from uh, the plant world. So that was 2007, Gemma, when I started the journey. I got off my meds in the early 2008 and here we are now, medication-free. I don't take any medications for anything. The illnesses have not returned and very rarely... Do I get sick? And I, and I want to make sure I'm, I'm clear here. I am not a fanatic. If I came over to your house tonight and you decided to put on a you know, beautiful piece of grass-fed beef or steak or you wanted to uh, go and have some shepherd's pie or something, I would partake, but I would make sure that I've had my green juice, that I've had a big healthy salad. I've had a lot of the phytonutrients I need from the plant world that day to make sure that I could go and enjoy that type of entertainment meal, I like to call it. It's incredible. And I know, because I do know you, that, that there's so much more to it, but that was a really good overview. So I guess now juicing really did transform your own life. At what point did you then think to yourself, so you were obviously in the financial markets, all of a sudden you decided to actually start helping others, didn't you? And you started this incredible campaign, which has been global. So when did that epiphany Yeah, I, I, I probably prefer to call it a movement as opposed to a campaign because even though you could call it that, but I call it a movement because so many people have joined it. And, and look, essentially, yes, juicing is what I'm known for because, I mean, who does 60 days of juice and films it? And, like, that's crazy. Like, I know I get it. Even me saying it today, I still can't believe I did it. But it really does come down to this choice that all of us have. You know, I, I quite often talk, Gemma, about the length of distance from your hand to your mouth. Now, generally on most people, it's about two feet, okay? And that two feet really is the last two feet of freedom we have in the world. We have so many restrictions, particularly now in this environment of coronavirus. Just think about the restrictions on us. And there are so many rules, so many laws, but at the end of the day, what goes into your mouth, that is all on you. That's total freedom. If I want to finish this chat with you today now and get in my car and go and order 20 hamburgers and five family-sized pizzas, no one's stopping me. I'm not breaking the law, right? So this freedom that we all have, this last bastion of freedom, it's a very dangerous place to get between someone's hand and their mouth. And what's really important is not to be a preacher, not to be the food police, not to get up and say, hey, don't have that, don't have that. That's never been my style. It's all been about, hey, I'm having more of this type of food, these fruits, vegetables, nuts, beans and seeds, because they are special. See, they're very special. They're much more special than our carbohydrate, fat, and proteins, our macronutrients that we'll get in processed food, we'll get in animal product. And yes, 
I know we get them in plant food, but what the plant foods have is they have this thing called the micronutrients, which is really the information that our cells rely upon to do their job. In other words, to have less disease in our body, we need that information. And I, I, I kid you not, you know, you cannot ignore the biological laws of cause and effect. If you do an experiment, go a month. I, I don't advise you to do this, but if you don't believe me, go a month eating no veggies or fruits. Just live on processed food and animal product and see how you feel. You will start to break down. So what we tend to do is we tend to have a little bit, like one calorie in 20 from plant food. And that keeps us going enough that we sort of balance that out where we get this chronic illness, this chronic disease. Most people are morbidly obese. Most people don't know how to sleep well. Most people feel disconnected, feel sad, depressed. And you have all of these illnesses that generate effectively from inflammation. And it can all, all come so much undone and reversed if you pump up the volume of your plants. And so there's really only three ways to eat plants, Gemma. You can juice them, you can blend them, or you can chew them. That's it. I haven't worked out any other way, right? I mean, I know, I do know that there are these people who inject, they inject micronutrients, but they're not really injecting food. So when we talk about food, juice, blend, chew. Now, blending is simple. You put like it in a blender and the blender just chops it up. It, it just emulsifies it for you. So it's kind of like doing the job of your, of your teeth. It's masticating the produce for you. You put a bit of almond milk in, you put a bit of rice milk, put a bit of alkaline water, put some coconut water in, and you've got yourself a smoothie, which is great, fantastic. But a juice is much more like drinking water. The juice is much closer to drinking water than it is to eating a plant. So a blended smoothie is much more like eating. And the reason why I think we need to do all three is because the juicing impact is has a far less impact on the digestive system. And it's kind of like a, it's a supercharging of the micronutrients. When you put a, a green juice up against a green smoothie and you do the measurements, you've had to put more produce in the machine to get the same size juice than you did in the blended drink. And if you think about putting almond milk and putting some of these other liquids in, you know that you're diluting the micronutrients. So mm. that's why I'm such a big fan of juicing, but not just green juice, Jen. I want to see people drinking green and red and purple and yellow and orange and any colour they can make out of fruits and vegetables. But that's a, they're the five primary colours of the fruit and vegetable rainbow. Well, they do say that you need to eat the rainbow, right? So you're covering quite a lot of those colours. <laughs> I'm saying drink the rainbow too. <laughs> um, you touched on obesity and it's, it's no doubt a risk during these COVID-19 times because we're all in lockdown and people are moving less. So what tips would you have for those who want to kickstart their health or at least try and avoid obesity in these times? Well, I think the first thing to do is to sort of look at that word obesity, which essentially is the result of years of a certain habit and a certain action. 
and in many cases, an inaction, okay? Now, we are still learning so much about obesity that we, what we know now is about an inch and what we don't know is to the moon and back, okay? So it's really important when we use that word and talk about that, so many people I know are obese and are really trying to lose weight and struggle all the time. Many people I know that are as thin as a rake, they're, they don't even have to worry about it, but they're not so healthy themselves. So I prefer to think about it in the following terms, that there are people with pre-existing conditions which are not faring well during COVID-19. It's not just people who are overweight. In fact, I know many people overweight who are doing fine through this. So we have to look at it from the state of what the body is from a pre-existing condition. Have you got some kind of chronic disease that you already are managing and suffering from? As I said earlier, remember 70% of all of these illnesses and diseases are caused by us, by our own choices. 30% therefore by default are just bad luck. Blame your parents, blame the, the, the genetics, the wrong place, wrong time. Could have been something that you just didn't know just hit you out of the blue like a bolt of lightning. But 70%, it's on us. So when I look at this and I think now about all those people out there that have tried their hardest to actually pump up their fruit and vegetable intake, that have taken the time and effort, and it does take effort to put yourself into what I call wellness rituals. You know, it's hard work in the beginning, but over time, they become quite easy and normal and you start to miss them if you don't do them. So I think there's many people that are going through this time right now that are over the age of 60, 55, 60, and they are really pleased at the work they've done in the past. There's another whole group that is sitting there going, boy, this is a wake-up call. I really, really need to do something about this. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that internal movement that I'm seeing in people where the giant is being awakened within. And you're talking about routine and I think you're right you know people need to have that routine and, and make sure they're eating well and not just sitting on the couch and eating badly through you know these isolation times what about exercise I presume that really about having a daily routine for exercise as well as your you know eating lots of fruit and vegetables and juicing that's quite vital as well isn't it absolutely um you know to have a strong immune system to have your microbiome in great shape you really need to make sure that you're doing at least 15 minutes of, of exercise of, at, a, at a heart rate where you're breathing heavy. You know, if you're having a conversation, it's, yeah, Gemma, this hill. You want to be at that level. Now, you know, a lot is said about exercise, and I know that a lot of people struggle with exercise. They struggle to fit it in in their time. I actually really believe, and it's worked, this is how it's been with me, is that, by setting the foundation of what you put in your mouth at the beginning of the day, will set up your day as to how much of your routines you'll get done. I, I always talk about this, Gemma, that there's this conversation that many of us have 
with ourselves when we first get out of the shower in the morning and we look at them in the mirror when we're standing there in our birthday suit. And most of those internal conversations are very negative. They're very much about you ugly person, you loser, you fat, old, you're this. It's this, it's this dialogue of, honestly, that if it was someone else that was talking to you, you wouldn't put up with them for five minutes. But we do it to ourselves and we do it on a daily, constant basis. And I believe, I really believe that that internal dialogue, when you start your day, will set you off on a path of self-destruction where you will eat food to sabotage yourself. You will find excuses for not doing your movement and you will stop doing the meditation if you were doing it. You'll and you'll drown yourself in the sorrows of sugar, fat, and salt. So I really believe that people ask me all the time, Joe, how do I start a wellness journey? What do I need to do to get going? And I say the first thing is we have to change that internal conversation. We need to flip that around from being the hater to the cheerleader of you. And the best way to do that is to ask three or four, and if you're lucky enough to have five really good friends, ask them to send you a little note, an email, a text, jot down on the phone, ask them to say three great things about you, and then put them on little sticky notes and stick them on the mirror in your bathroom. You are generous, you are funny, you are caring, you are honest, you are reliable, whatever they say about you. And when you get out of the shower, Read those notes about yourself. Read about how amazing you are. Start your day with the wind at your back rather than the, as a sailing expression goes, the wind on the nose. And that will enable you to start really driving at what I'm getting at here is self-love. And you've got to start loving yourself in a way that you're honouring yourself and that you are putting in the right information into your body. I'm not telling you you don't have to, you know, this is the most important thing. I'm not saying don't go down the pub when you're, when you're allowed to go down the pub. Don't, don't stop going down the pub and having a steak or having a pie or go to the football match and having your hot dog or having whatever it is you like. I'm not saying don't do that. What I'm saying is how about every day starting with a green juice? How about every second day having a green juice or a smoothie, mix it up. How about having fruit salad in the morning? What about making sure that three of your lunches are just plant-based and you can find so many options for this, whether it's lentils, chickpeas. I mean, you can go to any Indian restaurant and get you know great vegetarian and, and uh, plant-based meals and healthy ones. You don't have to have the ones that are soaked in oil, etc. So this is the challenge that I say to people who ask me that question. I don't stand on the corner of Hyde Park, Gemma, and get on a soapbox and tell everybody what to do. I think people are damn sick of hearing other people tell them what to do. But what we're seeing now in COVID-19 is we're seeing this shift from within, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely about routine, isn't it? I mean, you've touched on mental health. And it's rightly the top of the news agenda right now because of how people are coping, you know, with their mental well-being. Um, presumably, 
you know, if they do have this balance and they are eating, you know, these plant, plants and, you know, eating the rainbow, then hopefully then their, their mental health will, will be better, you know, and perhaps combining with exercise and those tips you were just saying previously. Look, I've had so many people over the years that have gone and done juice fasts, which is a period of time of just drinking juice. And you know what the five big things, Gem, that people always come back to me on and tell me about how surprised they are by the improvement? People with migraines. It's people with any type of skin issue. It's people with any type of inflammation issue. It's people who have um, any kind of mental like depression or, or sadness or a cloud. And I'd say probably the last one would be people who are relieved about their back and their joints feeling better because they've stopped the inflammation and they've lost weight. So they would be the five biggest um, feedback loops I get of how they comment on these things all the time. Definitely the skin is right up at the top. I didn't say them in any order there. I was just just giving you the what, what I um, anecdotally experience. But definitely the skin is right at the top. And I would then say that the mental clarity and the happiness factor, that really is high on the agenda. And it makes perfect sense to me. I talked about it earlier. We need the information that is, is in these cellular structures of these micronutrient-type foods. We need them. You know, we are not going to be able to run a marathon with micronutrients. To run a marathon, we need lots of carbs. We need lots of fat, protein, etc. We need that. That's the fuel for our body. But the software or the ability for our cells and organs to communicate properly, that mapping system is served via micronutrients. So when you take them away, you will not get the functionality that you rightly deserve. And so I, I see a lot of the cloud lift off people with their sadness, depression, once they turn to a juicing and plant-based regimen. So considering we're now in, in lockdown, especially here in the UK, um, there isn't a juice bar on every corner, how do you suggest that, that they then look at juicing at home you know, any tips on that? And also, can it be included like in family meals, you know, when you bring it in the homes so that everyone can be juicing? So, sure. So I recently invested in a company because I wanted to have my own juicer, but it's, it's just too expensive and it's better to be part of a team. But I bought a small stake in a company in California called Nama. And um, the Nama juicer is the juicer that I'm using now. And the demand for the Nama juicer is off the charts during this period of time. I mean, we are, we're on back order 30 days trying to manufacture these out of uh, South Korea where they're made. And a lot of people ask me about juicing at home because that's all I've been doing. I mean, when I say all, that's mostly what I do, even when there were no restrictions. And the most important tip I say is that I only juice twice a week. Okay, I have beautiful glass jars whether I'm at home here in Palm Beach, Australia, where I am now, or off at home in Los Angeles, where, my, where I also live. And I have amazing glass jars in both homes. And I make my juice generally on a Sunday and on a Wednesday. And I'll have 
an hour and a half session where it's kind of like a dance-a-thon. I put the music up. I use that as a time which is so enjoyable. I love cutting up heaps of produce. I put the music up loud. I put it through the juicer. I bottle it all up. I feel great about it all. I put them in the fridge. I have like seven, eight, nine, ten bottles. My biggest problem is making sure when people come over to visit me, they don't steal my juice. So that lasts about three days. So for me, it's as convenient as what I used to do, and I haven't had a can of Coke for 13 years, but it's as convenient as coming down, opening the fridge and grabbing a can of Coke out. I come down in the morning and I grab a green juice. In fact, right now, you can't see this because we're on a podcast, but I actually have a green juice in my bottle here in my hand right now. And that green juice is made up of baby bok choy, celery, cucumber, that has some apple and some lemon and ginger in it. And so that's a green juice that is absolutely to die for. And I, I would challenge any kid in the world, even though it's green, that I could make that juice for them. I'd probably put a little bit more apple in for the kids, make it a bit, a little bit sweeter. And uh, everybody would love that juice. And the power in that juice, the micronutrient value, is off the charts because I am supercharging probably in one bottle of juice, four stalks of celery, a half a cucumber, three or four bulbs of bok choy, maybe a quarter of an apple, a whole lemon. I mean, it's quite incredible what how much you get in. So juicing at home is mission critical to these wellness rituals that I'm talking about. And you don't need to do it every day. Doing it every day is hard work. Too much washing up, too much prep, too much time. Do it twice a week. They'll last three days, stretch it to four if you've got good bottles and a good refrigeration. And now, as far as the kids are concerned, absolutely. I don't recommend people do juicing only in terms of crazy amount of time, but I'd love to see people doing five days or 10 days of juice only once or twice a year. If you've got a chronic illness, if you're morbidly obese, 30 days, going out to that length, 60 days, Absolutely. I was messaging with someone who's on day 99 today. Now, I mean, we do recommend if you're going past 15 that you mix in a protein powder into your juice. It's important to maintain your protein if you're going for a long-term juice fast. Sounds like juice parties are the way forward. <laughs> Maybe some Zoom juice parties in lockdown. <laughs> Tell well, it's me- a great time to do it, Gemma, because... You know, there's no no going out to restaurants. There's no being tempted. So I'm very big. I mean, I start, I, I have mine next Monday. My next fast is next Monday. I'll be mixing it with water and juice. I, I, I do both. I like water fasting and juice fasting. Let's have a look at the perception of health and, and how we perhaps that perception may have changed now and in the future, especially private individuals. Do you feel that has changed and the perception of, of health you know, has changed forever? Well, health is wealth, right? Anyone who didn't know that before this is certainly aware of it now. And I, I had my priorities out of whack and I was focused on wealth, not health, which is how I got myself in a pickle in the first place. But I think, I think now that has it changed forever? I, I'm not sure it's changed forever for everybody because I think there were certainly people like me. I'm not going to change anything. I'm on the same path I was on before as I am now. I think the definition of what is healthy 
I think needs to be looked at. I mean, I always talk about what is healthy. It's like being able to do the things you want to do with ease. Do the things you want to do, easy. You want to go hiking, easy. You want to play tennis, easy. You want to do your shoelaces up, bend over and do it. You want to do yoga, easy. You want to go walk 10 miles with your grandkids or with your son or daughter, easy. I look at those things as what being healthy is. Being able to yes. do the things you want to do with ease. And I think if you bundle it up and take this word healthy out of it, because I don't even know where that came from, right? Because as long as you're not dead, you've got some kind of health about you, right? Um, so this, this view that I look at it is it really, it really does come down to listing the things you want to do and like achieving as many of them as you can. And if you can do those things, and I'm not talking about, you know, go to the moon or anything. I'm talking about in your, in your own neighbourhood. If you're, you want to hike, you want to climb a tree, you want to do painting of the house, you want to do whatever it is. If you can do it with ease, that's pretty good. Now, that's on the physical side of things and mental side of things, Gemma. Obviously, from a chemistry point of view, you need to see your doctor and make sure you're doing everything you can to monitor your bloods and do all of your screening stuff. For example, if you're over 50 in Australia, it's recommended to, um, to have a colonoscopy or at least do the test to see if you need one. So there's breast cancer screening. There's all these screenings that are important in today's science and today's world that we also need to maintain. So there's kind of like two platforms I'm running here. There's the Joe, what I can do, and then there's the stuff that I want to succumb to the, the best health people that I can and ensure that I'm getting regular updates, whether it's skin cancer checking down here in Australia, whether it's going to the dentist, whether it's going and visiting my GP and getting regular testing. So that's the kind of world that I'm in, and I'm hoping that this will push more people into that kind of routine. Yes, well, I guess least juicing, there's, a, a, there's an awareness through COVID-19, isn't there? And I guess least juicing, it gives you an option to have that balance and is actually the perfect time to be healthy, isn't it? Because you're in lockdown, so you can eat well, you're not going out and you can, you can mix in some exercise. So it gives you a good balance, doesn't it? A good option. Well, I, I, I think so. And many of us are guilty from putting things off, procrastinating down the road. You know, I'll put it off till tomorrow, you know. You've all heard about the tomorrow diet. Um, you know, we all put things off. So, you know, there's, there's something about this situation now where people are at home, we have access to this technology, you can sign up to a class on Zoom and you're in your own house, no one's going to see you, no one's going to watch you mess up and you don't need to have all the fancy yoga clothes. You can do it in your underwear, do it in pyjamas, doesn't matter. You're at home, you're alone. Hopefully, you know, they do it with better half, your, your um, significant other, your kids, whatever. But there's, there's just something about the idea of just pressing go and making it happen because I can tell you now, seven, ten days down the road, you'll feel better and you'll be glad you started. We all know that. Very few people don't know what it's like to start some kind of a wellness journey. Very few people, most people know what it's like. It's got to go back and realise how good you felt and then something happened, some stress, some, some reason you fell off the wagon. Well, 
now you've got no excuse. Now you've got time to, to get back to it. And, you know, lockdown's not going to be on forever. So it'd be great to emerge from this. That's why I'm fasting next Monday. You know, I've had five weeks, six weeks down here in Australia of under restriction lockdown rules. And my normal habits of going hiking and doing that, they've been taken away from me. You know, I can do it now, but first four weeks I wasn't able to. So I'm excited to make sure that when I come out of lockdown, I'm where I was or if not better when I went in. Yeah, thanks, Joe. I think if we just could wrap it up by, I know you said things haven't changed so much, but I guess things like hiking, there must be something that you're looking forward to when life returns to what they say normal. And also, what do you think is next on the horizon for Joe Cross and juicing? Oh, well, what I'm looking forward to, I love traveling, right? I love getting out and meeting people and pressing the flesh, Gemma, you know? I'm a, I'm a big traveler. So, for example, I've got two homes right now. I mean, I can't even get to one of them. Under Australian law, I'm not allowed to leave. So if you're asking me what am I most looking forward to, I'm looking forward to moving, but I've got to be honest with you, I don't know what that's going to look like. From everything I've read and understood, I doubt that too many countries are going to be lifting their, uh, their borders and opening up their borders anytime soon. So maybe what I've got to look forward to, that whole travelling and seeing the world, and I follow the sun, as you know. I love following that sun. Um, I've really timed this badly, Gemma. I've got two winters. I did a winter in California. Now I'm going to do a winter in Sydney. Now, I know those two winters are nothing like the winters that people experience in the world, but you're talking to someone who, you know, usually flips that around and does the summers in both. So it's going to be an interesting uh, journey on that front. And what's next for me? Well, look, I'm excited by the way that this movement to digital in wellness has been exacerbated and it's been a catalyst for that. All the things that I used to talk about are going to happen a lot quicker because of this. Not necessarily people going to the office as much as before, people working from home, people running their own schedules, the emphasis on wellness. I mean, just look at our juicer sales to give you an example. I mean, we just can't keep up with demand. So this appetite to reshift focus on to uh, health rather than wealth. I know it's not happening everywhere, but it's happening enough. There's enough of a movement and a wave that there is a revaluation going on. And I think that is extremely exciting. And so I want to make sure that I'm there with the content and the community and the tools to support that. So that's the stuff I'm working on. Thanks, Joe. I'm inspired. I'm going to go off and uh, make myself some juice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've really finished mine. I've got about I've got about a sixth left, so I'll, <laughs> I'll knock that down after we finish. And it's you know it's quarter to nine at night here in Sydney, and I'm still drinking green juice. This is my third one today, and you know I feel great. Looking forward to a good night's sleep. Well, I look forward to speaking to you again sometime very soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Gemma, and juice on.